All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning in with us online at New Life Church of Mobile. So excited that you're with us this morning on this great Sunday evening on, Sep not evening, Sunday morning, on September 10th. Uh, man, it's always great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen, man. We just had a great time uh, in the presence of the Lord in worship. Worship was powerful. We just had a time of ministry and declarations. You know, sometimes it's good just to declare the word of God. When the, I just want to encourage you. This has nothing to do with the message. Whenever you feel like you're walking through something and you don't know what to do, declare the word. Get you some scriptures that you can immediately go to to help you declare the word because what it'll do is it'll strengthen you. It'll give you courage to fight and to keep moving forward. Because so often we get in our spine ourselves in situations where we're like, I don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is get in the Word, because the Word will tell you exactly what to do, and to give you courage and to give you strength. Amen? Again, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. I just felt like saying that. Amen. But uh, we're in a series called New Life, and uh, today is week five, and it might be the last week. I'm not sure yet. Uh, we'll see, but this is week five of New Life, and all we've been talking about is your new life in Christ. There always will, will be continual things that you walk through in God that you will experience new life in your relationship with him. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Now, we know it first starts at salvation. We've been saying that for a while. But the more that you progress in your relationship with God, there's going to be things that you experience from that point forward. You're going to have a new life in your relationship with God. So it's like you could be walking with the Lord, and it may be something that you've been dealing with and battling with, uh, for years and you finally receive freedom, then guess what? Now you have a new life of freedom. And so there's going to continually be new things and new life that you experience in Christ. And that's what this uh, series has been about is how do we continue to grow in our relationship with God and in the new life process. And today, the notes, uh, for those of you that don't know, you can download our app, which is New Life Church of Mobile. All of our notes are there. This message, they're there. All, you can go back Listen to previous messages. If you have Spotify, all of our messages are on Spotify as well. They're on the website. I don't even know the name of the website, but go to the app. The app will take you to the website. So there you go. And uh, you can follow along there. And also all the videos are on Facebook as well. But let's just open up in the word of prayer and then we'll get started. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence that's so strong in this room right now. Speak clearly to our hearts today. Speak a word that will change the trajectory of our future. We bind hindrances and distractions of the enemy, and we thank you for the moments. Give me the strength and the courage and the power to preach exactly what you would have me to say by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So week five of New Life, and this week we're talking about who's the boss. Y'all say, who's the boss? Y'all know the old TV show, Who's the Boss? Where Tony was the, the, the housekeeper and Angela was the homeowner. See, y'all don't know who's the boss. I see some heads shaking. Yeah, y'all need to learn your history. You need to, need to learn your history. Who's the boss? That was, a, that was a great television. I still watch it to this day. And tomorrow's like, what do you watch? I'm like, this is who's the boss. You don't know who's the boss. This is a great show. It's a lot better than the shows that are out today. But, uh, but who's the boss? And when I'm talking about who's the boss in this sense, I'm talking about who's the boss, your spirit or your soul? 
Who's the boss, your spirit or your soul? And it's easy to identify who's the boss of people's lives without even having conversations with them. I could tell who's the boss by the decisions that you make. I could tell who's the boss that if you always have heaviness, discouragement, and defeat, or you always have a spirit of, or, or, or like a sense of victory about you, I could tell who's the boss. But there's always ways to identify who's the boss, the spirit of the soul. And you say, well, how do I know the difference between the spirit and soul? I'll give you a very practical example. Your spirit will say, oh, just forgive them and let it go and just allow the Lord to heal your heart. Your soul will say, forget all that. Give them a piece of your mind. Let them have it. That's the soul. That, that is a practical way to identify the spirit and the soul. Because we know that the soul is made of three parts. Your soul is made of three parts. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And your mind is obviously what we think. Your mind is what we think. Your will is what we want or desire. And your emotions are what we feel. And the thing we have to realize about the difference between the spirit and the soul is this, is that we were born without a spirit. From the moment that you conceived in your mother's womb, not when you were born, when you're conceived in your mother's womb, your soul became alive. But your spirit is not there yet. Because your spirit doesn't come alive until you come into right relationship with Christ. That's when your spirit comes alive. So up until the point of salvation, you've been uh, trained to follow your soul. So however many years it was that, that it was before you got saved, for me it was 20 years. So for 20 years, I learned how to live my life based solely through my soul. Because again, my spirit was not alive. And so when my spirit became alive at age 20 in August of 2004, and my spirit was uh, alive now, and my spirit said to my soul, guess what? There's a new boss in charge. You know what my soul said? We're going to see about that. <laughs> oh, we're going to see about that. We're going to see who's the boss. And we have to make sure that we recognize who is the boss. Is it our spirit or is it our soul? And again, the mind is what we think, what we want and desire. That's the will. Emotions, what we feel. And why do you think we follow always what we think, what we want, and what we feel? Because we're so used to making decisions based on our soul. This is what I think is best. This is what I feel I should do. This is what I want to do. That's all soul. That has nothing to do with spirit. And we could look at the decisions that we made based on those things and realize, boy, I've made some terrible decisions. I'm talking about me. My hand in the air, too. And you're not alone. We're all there. But we have to learn to say, no, my spirit is going to overcome my soul. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how we allow our spirit to overcome our soul. In John chapter 3, verse 5 through 7, just to bring some uh, scripture to it is this, is that Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, that's a natural birth, and the spirit. Humans can only, I mean, humans can reproduce only 
human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. That's your spirit. So just to confirm what I'm talking about, you said, well, you're just making stuff up. No, I'm not. The Holy Spirit is the only one that could give birth to your spiritual life or to your spirit. That's salvation. So when you come into salvation, that is a spiritual awakening that happens for the first time. So up until this moment, your spirit is not active. And the thing we have to realize is this, is that God created our spirit to relate to him. He created our spirit so that we can relate to him. He, he created our souls so that we can relate to him and all of his creation. So with our soul, our soul, we relate to God and also to each other, to the plants, the animals, to anything that God has created, your soul relates to that. That's why when someone walks through difficulty, you feel things for them. That's your soul. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the issue becomes this, is that what we've tried to do is, and what we have done, is we've tried to relate to God in our souls and not our spirit. But God says, I don't relate to your soul. I only relate to your spirit. And I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody knows the story of Adam and Eve, right? Now, Adam was born with the spirit. And God told him, you can eat of any tree in this garden except for this one. And if you eat of this tree, you will die. And we know what happened. They ate of the tree. Him and Eve, they ate of the tree, the fruit of that tree. Now, did they immediately die? No. But what happened was at that moment they ate of the fruit, their spirit died. So now that their spirit died, when God came asking for them, they began to try to relate to God through their soul. Because Adam said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. What is that? That's, that's, that's an emotion. That's part of your soul. Then he said, I made a decision. I hid from you. I thought that was a great idea. That's your mind. Or I'm sorry, that's your will. He said, I made a choice. This is what I think is best. And then he said, because I thought the mind, this was the best thing to do. And just like that, he went from a spirit person to a soulish person. And we have to be careful that when God speaks to us, we're not relating to God in our soul, but in our spirit. Because God created us to relate to him through what? Through the spirit. Can we relate to God through our soul? Absolutely. But the primary reason that he created our spirit is so that we can relate to him. Because when you try to relate to God only through your soul, you're going to make some mistakes. Ask me how I know. <laughs> so we have to make sure who's the boss, our spirit or our soul. We get ourselves in trouble when we make decisions based solely on our soul. So I'm going to give you three things that we're going to identify on who's the boss and identifying who's the boss so y'all can take some notes. The first thing we have to recognize about the soul is this, is that the soul is selfish. The soul is selfish. The soul wants what it wants and when it wants it. And it don't care who it hurts to get it. That's your soul. It doesn't care. The soul only thinks about the soul and what brings comfort to it and why, and that's why we can't try to relate to God through our minds. So many times we try to relate to God through our minds. This is what I think, God, so I'm going to come to you with what I think. And he's like, no, because my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You're never going to reason with me or understand me in your own mind. I need you to tap into your spirit. 
Oh, but we, I'm, you, don't know, you don't know the revelation that I received in your word. He created the word. You don't think he knows the word? But we try to come to God with our fancy speech and, and our lofty prayers, and, and he's just looking like, you're you trying to relate to me in your mind. That's not going to work. I need you to tap into your spirit. Oh, but, Lord, I thought this through. I've, look, I have a list of the things that, that, that have been troubling me, and I want to bring these things. Yes, put it away. Tap into your spirit. Then I can identify those things that you're talking about. But we can't identify God with our minds. Your mind is a beautiful thing because whether you realize this or not, your mind categorizes and files away every experience that you've had. You ever been in a situation before and you're like, I've been here before or I've, I've, I've experienced this before. This, and it, or we say, this is deja vu. Well, what it really is, is not deja vu. What it is, is that all your mind has categorized all those experiences in your subconscious. So when you get back into familiar situations that you felt like you've been in before, all it is is your mind retelling, uh, uh, your mind reminding you of you've, been, you've experienced this before. And so what happens is when we find ourselves in stressful situations, in pressure situations, in uncomfortable situations, your mind tells you you've been here before. This is how you're supposed to respond. And you say, well, what does that mean? So that's why you could get in an uncomfortable situation and you're like, oh, this is too, too stressful. I need a cigarette. Oh, this is too stressful. I need a drink. Oh, this is too stressful. I just need to look at this to relax and calm down. Why? Because your mind is telling you to go back to something. But the problem with that is that because that's what they call, the Bible calls a stronghold. That is literally how strongholds are formed is every time you get in a stressful situation, your mind tells you to revert back to how you handle certain situations, and you can't break free from that pattern of thinking. That's why you can't try to relate to God in your mind, because your mind will always tell you to bring you back to the things you've experienced. And if you look at it, when you're in a stressful situation, you usually respond the same way every time. For some of you, you shy away. You shrink up. You don't say anything. For some of you, you lash out in anger. For some of you, you just, I need to process. Let me do, and whatever the case may be, usually your mind tells you how to respond to certain situations, and you revert back to that pattern every single time. Oh, that's why you can say, oh, trust me, I've been there before. I know what to do. What is, that's a stronghold. I've seen, I've, I've rode this road ride before. I know exactly what, you, like someone could tell you something. Let me tell you exactly what you need to do. No, they need to do the opposite of what you're talking about. Because you can't relate to God in your mind because your mind literally brings strongholds to take you back and say, this is how you respond to certain situations. That's why you have to tap into your spirit. Amen. The spirit says, well, you say, well, how do I overcome my mind? The, word, the spirit says, don't go to your mind. Get into the word. Tap into the word. Uh, Romans verse 12, verse 2 says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? You think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Well, this is why the word of God is so important, because it helps change the way that you think. 
Because all those years, you've been programmed to think a certain way, which is not your fault. But the thing is, you have to identify, I can't stop, I have to stop thinking this way. I need the word to help me retrain and change the way that I think. So now that I can relate to God in my spirit and not my soul. So I need the word of God to help me break free from the selfishness of my mind, which always going to take me back to you respond this way and you get the same results every time. Why do every time I find myself in this situation, it always turns out the same way? Because your mind is a stronghold and it brings you back to responding the same way every time. But until you get in the word and renew your mind, you won't be able to break free from rep uh, to responding in the same situation a different way. So we need the word of God to change us. Amen. The second thing, the soul must submit to the spirit. The soul must, and the soul must be su submit to the spirit. And, th and this is difficult. When you are conceived in your mother's womb, we talk about this, your soul is alive. But when you're born again, that's when your spirit comes alive. And your soul will always fight you to be in control. Because your soul feels like you're trying to leave me. Don't forget about me. Because we know that feelings and emotions, they're real. No one's telling you that what you feel or what you uh, think or well, to agree they don't matter. In God's eyes, they don't matter at all. But what I'm saying is, you can't come to me and say, I'm experiencing this pain or feeling this, and I can't say, well, that doesn't, I don't care what you feel. That's not, that's not compassion. Your feelings are real. The thing is, you can't let them dominate you. And your soul wants, what it, the soul wants you to do is give into all your feelings. Whatever you feel, whatever you think, whatever you desire, give into them all. Let me have my way. And, and, and the spirit is like, no. So you're going to come under my command. And the soul's like, no, I'm not. You're going to hear what I have to say. You're going to hear, you're going to experience what I feel. And it's like, and I'm going to explain myself to you. Understand, you ever feel like you're explaining yourself to someone and they're not understanding how you feel? What is that? That's your soul. That's your soul, your soul throwing a fit saying, they don't understand how I feel. Because your soul wants its feelings to be validated. But when it comes to submission to the spirit, you have to quiet your soul. Psalms chapter 31, verse 2, and I'm reading this out of New King James. It says, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. This is David. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a winged child with his mother, like a winged child is my soul within me. And I want to explain that a little further. It says, David says, I have learned to quiet my soul. You're going to have to learn how to quiet your soul because your soul is loud. And you're going to have to learn how to quiet. But it says, like a winged child with his mother, like a winged child my, is my soul within me. What does that exactly mean? When a child is winged from his mother and you try to give it another source of food, what does the baby usually do? It cries. Because up until that point, the only source of food that the baby knows is the milk from the mother. And when you take it away, the baby begins to cry because up until that point, the only source of nutrients and food that they know is the mother's milk. They don't know that they have peas and carrots and, and strawberry bananas or whatever those different Gerber foods are or whatever. They don't know that. All they know is milk. And now you're taking away my milk, so the baby actually thinks, you're trying to kill me. 
So that's why the baby's crying. They trying to kill me. They trying to starve me. I, I, what am I going to eat? But, you, but the, what the baby doesn't know is there's a greater source of food and protein and nutrients out there. I'm just have to wing you off of this for you to experience that. That's the same thing with your soul. When you try to cut off your soul, what does your soul do? No, I'm going to throw a fit. You're going to hear what I have to say. And it's like, yeah, but you don't realize that your spirit is greater than your soul. And it's a greater way of living if you live through your spirit and not your soul. The soul does the same exact thing. When you try to wing yourself off your soul, it's going to throw a fit. It's going to throw a fit. Because now it feels like you're trying to kill me. And guess what? God wants to kill your soul. In the way when it comes to relating to him, that is. He wants you to relate to him through your what? Your spirit, not your soul. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready. What does that mean? That's maturity. A lot of times why we can't mature in the things of God is because we're still in the soulish realm and not in the spirit realm. Well, he's saying, I, I have to, he says, I, I couldn't, I could, this is, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as long you belong to this world as though you were infants in Christ. That is a clear indication that you're not maturing Whoever he's talking to, you're not maturing in your faith or you're not maturing in your spirit. And now I can't even talk to you as spiritual people because you're so soulish. Like people of the people of the world, no spirit, full of soul. Well, this is what I feel. I feel like I want to be this today. Okay, that's all you feel. That has nothing to do with spirit. But you're going to validate how I feel. I feel like I should be able to do this. Well, just because you feel like you should do it don't mean that you should. But the soul and the world is so soulish that it's going to fight you to say, you're going to respect how I feel. What do we see it now? The world is trying to, to get you to validate what they feel. That's the soul. God is, I don't relate to your soul in that way. I relate to you in the spirit. And so we have to make sure... Am I maturing in my spirit? Hebrews 5.12, it says, you have many believers so long now. I'm sorry, you have been believers so long now that you, have, you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Point is, we need to mature in our spirit. We need to mature in our spirit and put away being dominated by our souls. Amen? So the first thing is the soul is selfish. Second thing, the soul must submit to the spirit. Third thing is this, the soul must die. We talked about that a little bit. The soul must die. What must die? Your selfish thoughts, desires, feelings, emotions, these things must die. It's, only, it's the only way that you will have victory is when you get rid of what you think, want, and feel. When you realize what I think, want, and feel doesn't matter to compare to what God wants for me, you won't receive victory. Because as long as what you want, feel, what, what you think, want, and feel is more important than what God thinks, want, and feel for you, you'll never receive victory. 
Because his best is way better than your best. It's way better. But you have to put to death your soul. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between what? Soul and spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's what the word of God does. It cuts your soul and your spirit, meaning I'm trying to cut this soul out so your spirit can become strong. The only, word, the only, only the word of God can do that. So if you're experiencing a little pain this morning, it's not me. It's the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit at work inside of you to tell you you need to let go of that part of your soul. So don't get mad at me. Allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you. Because he said, I need this part of your soul. I'm trying to cut it away. Or better way, I'm trying to put it to death. I'm trying to put it to death. Your unredeemed thoughts desires and feelings, God wants to kill them and replace them with what he thinks about you, what he desires for you, and what he feels about you. Again, you need to replace those with what God thinks about you, what God desires for you, and how God feels about you. Those are the three greatest things you should desire for your life. God, what do you think about me? God, what do you desire for me? What do you, how do you feel about me? Because when you receive those things from the master, from the father, it is greater than anything that you can ever try to conjure up or feel about yourself. I don't care how great your self-esteem is. It is nothing compared to the father speaking those things over you. And some people try to find so much pride in, in, in their accomplishments and, and, and talk, you know, I, I'm, I'm so smart. You know, I'm just so intelligent. And they may not say it, but what they say is like, okay, you think you're smart. So what you're saying is, you're smarter than me. That's what you're saying. So what you're saying is you know more than me. Okay, I understand. And they try to talk themselves up because they're trying to, to, to validate, I need my soul to be recognized. I need my soul to feel important. But God says, change that for what I think about you. Ask me what I think about you. And what you think about yourself, most of the time, what God thinks about you are totally different. Because I can think certain ways about myself, and then I get in God's presence and his word, and he begins to speak to me. And I'm saying, God, I don't see it, but guess what? I receive it. I I, I don't see it, but guess what? If you said it, I'm going to receive it. And guess what? I'm going to keep receiving it until I actually believe it myself by faith. Because there's sometimes I'm like, I'm a hot mess, God, and you say that about me? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad your thoughts are higher than my thoughts because I don't see it. But he says, yes, this is what I think about you. And when you trade in your unredeemed thoughts, feelings, and will and emotions for what God thinks, feels, and wants for you, I'm telling you, that soul of yours, you say, so be quiet. Spirit man, rise up. Because it's by your spirit when God speaks those things that your spirit comes alive is that your spirit becomes stronger. Luke 9, verse 23, it says, Then God said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross, what? Daily, and follow me. Now, I wish this was just a one-time thing that we could pray at the end of the service, and that was it. I really wish it was that simple. But it says that we must turn from our selfish ways, our soulish ways, take up our cross 
daily and follow him. Meaning that this is a daily commitment. Because every time you wake up, that soul wakes up too. And that soul wants to dominate your spirit every single day. First thing usually when you wake up is, I don't feel like getting up. That's not your spirit. (laughs) I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like dealing with these kids. I don't feel like dealing with these people at work today. They just get on my nerve. Soul. 100% soul. And you're going to have to learn how to die to that part of your soul to the point where your soul, to the point where what you feel is, whoo, I can't wait to get in God's word because I know when I get in God's word, ooh, it's going to feel so good. Ooh, I can't wait to receive all the things that God has for me. Now this is what you desire. And your will is, I just want to be pleasing to God. When you can get your soul to that point, God is like, now we're cooking with, uh, with grease. Now we're cooking with Crisco. Because now your soul is catching up to your spirit. But that takes time. And it takes you to turn from your selfish ways, taking up your cross daily, not I don't feel like it today. I'm going to pick it up in two more days. No, no, no. Daily. Daily flatline. Every day. And when you put the soul to death and you say, spirit, I'm going to live by the spirit today, and you relate to God in that way, I'm telling you, you'll be stronger than you've ever been in your life. You'll be able to endure things and go through things and overcome them and things that would normally trip you up, you will be able to look at it through eyes of your spirit and not your soul and say, soul, be quiet, spirit, arise. We're going to go through this, and we're going to be all right. Why? Because I know that God is on my side. But you got to die to yourself daily. You got to die to that part of your soul daily because your soul wants to dominate you. But you have to say, who's the boss? Is it the spirit or is it the soul? And the crazy thing is, I don't even have to to follow you around. You know. At the end of the day, you know today the soul won. Today, I was dominated by my soul. But the days that you feel like the spirit won, oh, you fired up. Oh, you excited. I can't wait till tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be a great day. But when you're getting dominated by your soul, it's kind of hard to be motivated for the next day. Because you're all in your soul. And your soul will get you in the mully grubs. But you have to say, no soul, you're going to die. Spirit man, you're going to rise up. And I'm going to rise in my spirit. And I'm going to quiet my soul. David said, I quiet my soul. I've learned to quiet my soul. You know what the past two years I've been doing? I've been quiet in my soul every day for two years. With this sickness that I'm dealing with, it's not just the physical thing that I'm dealing with. It's a spiritual thing that I'm dealing with as well. And please believe my soul wants to cry out and say, you know how bad you feel? You know what you're walking through? Yes, I know what I'm walking through, but I ain't about to listen to you. I'm about to rise up in my spirit and overcome this. But it's a daily, it's a daily decision. It's a daily choice. And for the past two years, I was sad to say I wish I would have done this before. But for the past two years, I've been on a daily battle to say, no, today the spirit is going to win. 
spirit, you're going to win today. Do I feel things? Absolutely. I'm not trying to tell you that you're not going to feel things or you shouldn't feel things because that will be a lie. But what I'm saying is allow your spirit to overcome what you feel. Because we're all going to feel things. Don't let it dominate you. Allow your spirit man to rise up and say, no, I will cause my soul to be quiet. So be quiet. Because that soul always going to talk. Even before you leave out of this service, that soul going to start talking. And it's probably talking right now like you don't need to be listening. Just, just tune them out. Tune them out. Tune them out. Because if you don't hear it, then you can't listen to it. You ain't got to follow through. Don't go back and listen to this one. And that, that, that soul is talking. But you have to say, no, I'm going to put my soul to death. I'm going to quiet my soul, and I'm going to live by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now, Lord God, for the spirit of victory right now, victory over our souls. Lord, I thank you right now that victory is ours. Come on, out of your own mouth, just say victory is mine. Victory is mine. I thank you right now, Lord God, that, that victory is ours, Lord God, that daily we will make the decision to allow, allow our spirit man to rise above our soul. And I thank you right now, Lord God, for overwhelming victory that it is ours. And Lord, we receive it by faith this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You can keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. And I always like to do this. I know we just prayed that prayer, but just begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to me through this message? It's always good to ask the Lord that question. Lord, what are you speaking to me? What would you have me to do? Let's just take a few seconds and just quiet ourselves. Speak to us, Lord. What, what are you speaking to me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you speaking clearly to our hearts. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if there's anyone in the room today that you've been away from the Lord, you know, we talked about your spirit man doesn't come alive until you surrender to Christ. Until you come into salvation. And when you have your salvation experience, that's when your spirit man comes alive. But if you're in this room today and you say, I hadn't had a salvation experience, or maybe I've had one, but I've been so much into my soul, my spirit man, I, I can't even recognize it anymore. I can't even hear my spirit man anymore. But I want to come into right relationship with God because I don't want to be dominated by my soul any longer. I want to surrender and submit my life and my will to God. If that's you in here, you're watching online with no one looking around, just lift your hands and I want to pray for you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to just ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, thank you for this moment while I surrender my life. I thank you right now, Lord God, that my spirit man is coming alive and that I can relate to you through my spirit and not my soul. I thank you for your redemption right now. I thank you for your blood that cleanses and purifies me 
in this moment. I love you. I honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord, ha Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. If you made that decision to follow God, let me be the first person to tell you congratulations. And that is the greatest decision that you will ever make. And there's one thing I want you to do if you're watching online and you made that decision, please leave a comment in the comment section or you can email us at info at newlifemobile.org and let us know what God did in your heart in this moment. We love to pray with you, reach out to you, uh, and just encourage you and uh, just hear what God did. Uh, you can email us and let us know that. And also, if you're in the room in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. But on the back, it, said, I've made it, it says, I made a decision. Fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket on the way out, and we would love to connect with you as well. Let's give it up one more time for those that made the decision to follow Christ. Amen. And we're going to give a few announcement for, announcements for you guys online, and then we'll dismiss. Uh, the first thing is our Building New Life campaign. We have a campaign that helps with the improvements and the uh, upgrades and the things that we need to our church, and we're calling it uh, 10 to Win. So what it is is you can give in increments of $10 each week. Uh, that's a couple, two cups of Starbucks or whatever it is that you can say, I'm going to sacrifice two cups of Starbucks a week and give $10 a week. Or what, if you want to give more, that's great as well. But uh, increments of 10, 10 to win, and that goes towards our campaign. And believe it or not, we've already had some improvements. One of our AC units in our, uh, in our um, sanctuary went out. We came in here for prayer, and it felt like Hades. And we were like, you know what? We can't pray in here tonight. We're going to have to go downstairs. And the next day, we got a, had to get a brand new AC unit. And guess what? Someone, we paid the first payment, and someone came in and said, you know what? We're going to cover the rest. And it's been, it's completely paid for. And we've had lighting improvements that we've already made. We've had some other things that we've had, uh, updates to other AC units, uh, maintenance on those as well. But it's a great blessing to us. We would love to partner with you, with you in that. Also, prayer is this Wednesday uh, at 1030. I'm sorry, 1030, 11, 630. I'm looking at the date, and the date was getting me messed up. Messed up. But it's this Wednesday, September 13th at 630 p.m. So don't come at 1130, 630 p.m. This Wednesday, we love for you to come to prayer. And also, we have a serve day, uh, Saturday, September 23rd from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And it'll be here at the church. We have some projects around the church that we're going to uh, tackle, and it's going to be great. But we want to pray for those that are prepared to give online, and then you guys are dismissed. Uh, there's a couple ways you could give. You could give on our website, which is newlifemobile.org. There's a give, give tab on our homepage. Or you could download our app, and you could give that way. But we want to pray for those that are prepared to give online, and then you are dismissed. Lord, I thank you for those that are giving today. I pray that you bless them, bless every facet of their life, every dimension of their life, meet all their needs. And I thank you, Lord God, that what is given today, Lord God, that you would use it for the advancement of your kingdom. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning, with us, tuning in with us. We love to see you this Wednesday at 630. Y'all have a great, great day. Amen. Well, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you guys, and then you are, you can come down and give if you're prepared to give. 
Oh, yes. And if you would like to get uh, the health update, you can just leave. Make sure we have your phone number and email in the back as well as you leave. You can stay.